Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you are. If you're joining us at local television here in Santa Barbara, California, we welcome you at TVSB. And of course, so many of you are joining us at on other platforms and um, on YouTube at our YouTube channel at goodlifetelevision.org. And a lot of you now are finding our podcast at any podcast platform you go to. You can search for Good Life Conversations and you'll find us there. And uh, some great people, some great interviews over the last three years. We're, we're, we're always uh, surprised and excited by the the wonderful people that we're able to meet. So we're just so glad you're joining us and you're with us for the ride here. Uh, really excited about my guests today. Uh, Joe Morton and Tracy Moore are with me. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hi. Thank so you. great to have you. So uh, Tracy uh, is executive producer and co-host, along with Joe, of Crackle TV's Inside the Black Box with Joe Morton. Uh, she co-hosts that, and, um, and we love Crackle TV here at Good Life Te Television. <laughs> we're big fans of Crackle, and we're big fans of everything that's going on over there. And so, uh, so Tracy and Joe co-host that, and and Tracy has been a celebrity acting coach uh, for many years. She's um, got a very uh, long and distinguished kind of resume of in terms of. The, the entertainment world uh the spirited actor is one of the the names of i love that name by the way uh, one of the classes that she's taught in new york for adult and children and she's been a celebrity uh, acting coach uh joe has been i think joe's kind of done it all i spent some time reading about him this morning he's been on broadway he's won a primetime emmy he's been appeared in over 70 movies uh, so again, a long and distinguished career in the acting world, and now is co-hosting this wonderful show on Crackle. So, uh, first of all, just kudos to both of you on kind of what you built here over decades. I know it's not easy, um, and that's one of the things that I like about people like you, and having folks on the program who are builders who have built something. You know that 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 again, you know, people don't see everything that goes into that. Uh, but I applaud both of you for that. Tracy, just reflect for a moment, kind of before we get into the show, just reflect for a moment kind of on your career, kind of what you've <laughs> experienced in this world. Uh, can you just reflect on that for a moment? Um, well, I think my career is a reflection of the show um, in terms of some of the challenges and obstacles that I incurred as a casting director. Um, transitioning to an acting coach was actually easier than a, a casting director. But in the late 80s, when I was at MTV, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me in the corporations and in the studios. But that didn't discourage me or deter me for what my goal was. And I feel like um, at this point in my life and in my career that I continue to advocate for actors, for especially for people of color, um, to be seen as actors, unless it specifically requires a person of color, I believe that actors can be anybody and um, they can train and they can study and they can learn what this business is all about. Um, but I'm very grateful, especially at this time. This is an important time, not just for the show, but the world in general. And I feel like, especially living in New York, I'm in this potpourri of cultures, right? And so I believe that's what makes the world great, is our all of us being inclusive as opposed to, you know, um, uh, 
you know, these challenges that continue to occur, for instance, workable budgets for people of color, people of color in green light positions so that we can share and tell more of our stories. Um, and just, you know, we talk about getting a seat at the table. You know, I've learned in my career to build a table and right. to, you know, bring my own folding chair or build my chair um, because a lot of those tables, you know, we don't, people of color do not have access to. Right. So you you've uh, must have seen a lot change, hopefully some yeah. development and growth, but it, since your early days, like you talked about in the 80s. Yeah. The early days in the 80s, it was very specific in terms of casting. It was black, black, white, Latino, other. And now we have ethnically ambiguous. And so a person of color can be considered uh, maybe Dominican, or they can be considered, um, you know, um, Middle Eastern. So they have people of color now have a broader base because of eth ethnically ambiguous. Yes. And Joe, just talk talk a little bit about your life, kind of where you came from. I was fascinated to read about you. I know you you were the son of a of an intelligence officer, so you were kind of in the military uh, or, or born into the kind of the military community. And I know your father passed away when you were ten years old. Talk about kind of your early life and kind of how you were affected by the events that happened. So my father's job in the armed forces was to integrate the armed forces overseas. That meant we showed up. Um, as, as Tracy was saying, sort of ethnically ambiguous because there was nothing on our paperwork that said we were black. And so suddenly my father would arrive at a particular post uh, as a black officer and uh, the proverbial stuff would begin to fly. Um, because in those days, is now talking about the mid to late 50s, in those days, there was a tremendous amount of segregation within the armed forces. Um, black troops, that is, the enlisted men did not barrack in the, same, in the same places. There were no black officers telling white officers what to do or telling black enlisted men what to do. So our lives was filled with kinds of all of the conflicts that sort of arose because of what my father's job was. Um, so from there, as you say, he died when I was 10. We came home, we lived in Harlem, and my life changed once again because I had been in a situation where I was maybe the only black person uh, in my classroom uh, amongst my friends. Uh, maybe there was one other and that was it. And when I came home to Harlem, um, I spoke the way I spoke, speak now. I spoke at that time two separate languages. I spoke um, Japanese and German at the time. So um, once again, I found myself as a stranger. I found myself amongst my own people but not being recognized because my life had been so different. So I think probably acting and directing and producing sort of brought all those things together for me. Because what I learned in my life was that it didn't matter uh, who my relatives were or who my friends were, it just mattered who actually was someone I could relate to and could relate with me. I mean, it, our, our relationship was based on what we did for and with one another. So music and art became sort of the things that I clung to. Wow. So that's how you gravitated towards the arts? I mean, I think I stumbled into acting, or I, I shouldn't say it quite that way. I mean, I went into Hofstra University as a psych major. And uh, first day of orientation, they took us around the campus to show us, you know, the campus and where things were. And they took us into the theater. And they put on a skit about what our first year at Hofstra would be like. And at the end of the skit, I literally could not get up out of my seat. It had nothing to do with the performance and had everything to do with the facility, with the venue. It was an incredibly beautiful theater. There was a work light on the stage. And I just sat there 
um, uh, thinking to myself that, you know, I'd been writing songs and playing music up to that point. Maybe I could be an actor. So I finally got up out of my chair, went to the registrar's office and changed all my majors from psychology to drama. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And Tracy, well, I, mean, how I, think you... those, I think there are those moments in our lives where something like that strikes you yeah. and mm-hmm. you, you either do something about it or you don't. Um, right. In my case, I decided to act on it, and I'm very glad I did. Yeah, no, okay. that's amazing. And Tracy, w- what about you? How did you gravitate towards this world of, you know, uh, you know, casting, casting, and then a, all the coaching and everything you've done? Was this something you wanted to do from an early age, or how did you get there? Um, I was 12 years old. I'm from San Francisco, California, born and raised. And um, my mother took me to see For Color Girls Who Have Considered Suicide when the rainbow is enough. And Oz Scott was the director. And similar to Joe, I had the experience where when the play was over, I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but I want to do that. And so (laughs) my mother um, and my father encouraged me. And, you know, San Francisco didn't have, um, other than ACT um, and community theater in the Bay Area, um, there were, um, those were the the only tools and schools that I had. Um, And then I felt like I I needed to go to LA or to New York. And I wanted to direct on Broadway. So um, I had, I knew two people in New York and I decided it was 3000 miles away. My family couldn't visit me as often if I'm a <laughs> And <laughs> I got, I had $200, a one-way ticket and a trunk from Woolsworth with uh. all my belongings. And August 15th, 1983, I landed here in New York. Wow. And I knew two people, and now I know too many. In a loving, good life way. <laughs> good life. This is the good life. That's yeah. right. Wow, that's amazing. That's sure. amazing. Uh, Joe, Joe, before we get to, I want to. We're going to get to the show here, the, the current thing you're doing here in a second. But I, but I just wanted to ask you, just because, man, you have had quite a run uh, in in different settings in acting, and you've been you know, all over the map in one sense. Have you had a favorite project? Have you had a season or something that really stands out as you look back? I mean, I think, you know, as you go through your career, there are those moments that kind of stand out for one reason or another. I mean, I started uh, very young, I think, when I because I left school early. I didn't finish four years. I left as a junior and then came right into New York, um, managed to get an agent right away, got a job right away. Um, my first thing on Broadway was uh, I was a member of the cast of Hair. I got into the show after it had opened, but I managed to get inside after auditioning for 15, at least 20 times. And finally was was sort of uh, wow. led into the show. So that was a big deal to me. That was huge. I mean, to, it was the show on Broadway at the time because of mm-hmm. the politics of the time. Um, many years later, I find myself on Broadway again. This time I'm the lead in a musical version of Raisin in the Sun called Raisin, for which I received a Tony nomination and the Theater World Award. Um, time goes on and, um, um, you know, Terminator 2 was a, was a big deal. Um, it, um, and then finally, you know, I guess the latest thing in my life other than inside the black box was Scandal. Scandal was kind of huge. Um, you know, Shonda Rhimes had written this incredible um, s- series of stories 
uh, that centered around Olivia Pope, who is actually based on someone real, who is someone who does consult with people who, who are in, in scandalous situations. Um, and they brought me on as her father. And even the way they did that was kind of wonderful. I came to LA during pilot season. Um, I'd seen the show, I'd heard of the show. Uh, I watched a few episodes on my thing, thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could get on the show somehow with like a six you know, episode arc. Uh, three days later, the phone rang and it was uh, my agent saying that ABC was calling and they wanted to talk to me about um, scandal. I had not mentioned that to my agents or anybody. So once again, uh, things sometimes that you put out in the world actually come back. Um, so I suppose those are the kind of big moments in my life. And then of course, once we finally got Inside the Black Box on, which took us six years. Yeah. Um, and for and for Tracy, she had this idea 18 years ago. Um, and so now this is kind of sort of the big thing in our lives. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, you must be the only guy that did hair in Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. No, that could be a chapter of the book, from hair to Terminator 2. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about it. I... I I, I've been really interested to to follow this, um, and and again, we love Crackle TV. I'm with Joe Morton and Tracy Moore, and we're we're talking about the the Crackle TV uh, project that they're working on right now inside the black box. So, Tracy, if it was 18 years in the making, tell <laughs> us what the original thought was here. Um, the, well, the original thought um, was in terms of the structure, I wanted a platform where um, guests, people of color can come on and tell their truth. And then um, in my classes, The Spirited Actor, we do exercises. And, and what has been fun in this development of the show is, you know, um, Joe and I, and we have two other producers, Dr. Dave Colin and Rachel Weinfeld, who um, also were part of the creation and Bruce Henry of developing the exercises. So in seeing the show, you'll see like the lounge singer. Um, we have, we start off the show with an improv with inside the black box and Joe introduces it in different characters. And then the at he opens the box, the actors dig in and then they perform from there. So I, I, I just, the original idea was to have a voice was to have a voice that was so important because in my experience as a person of color, I was always um, the only person of color in the room at, you know, VH1 or MTV. Or, and um, so I felt like um, I didn't have a voice. I felt like um, in certain situations and one particular that, that really started this idea was I was working with this director and he was a white director and we were auditioning black actors and he asked me to ask this black actor to be more urban, to be more ghetto and more jive. And I knew what he was asking me, but I did not know how to articulate that to a person of color, an actor. I need you to outblack yourself. I didn't know how to say that and I didn't want to say that. And that's when I said, you know, we have two different journeys here. And to bring more awareness to people of color because our journey is a little more challenging. And so um, in bringing this awareness, because we can laundry list the problems all day, but Joe and I, and along with our producers for Inside the Black Box, we're about solutions. And how great would it be to, for this show to, to be able to create? Um, and I was thinking of this the other day, that in watching the show, 
we can create more opportunities within these studios for people of color. They have now, you know, uh, programs for directors and producers and writers. Well, what about programs that really are inclusive of people of color to come in and create and build their stories and have um, a machine that will finance them financially so that it's not a struggle? Because I believe as people of color, we've proven ourselves as writers, producers, directors, DPs, script supervisors, we have the same capabilities. We just don't get the same opportunities. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Joe, what has been, what's been your experience doing this, this show and what kind of, what have you taken from it? Well, I mean, one of the things that has happened on the show is um, a few of our quote unquote students have gotten agents are now on Broadway. So that part of what we're attempting to do has actually begun to happen uh, by giving these students a platform. They're being seen on television and then being asked to come in and audition, which is terrific. Uh, the other side of it is, you know, you get to sit down with some really um, gifted, incredible, intelligent actors and hear their stories, not not their latest project, not their latest whatever. You hear how things were for them. You hear what it uh, what it meant to them. Uh, to hear Jeffrey Wright talk about the fact that um, he lost teachers to AIDS and then ended up doing Angels in America and how that how those things connected. Um, uh, Keith David talking about um, the fact that he's probably one of the best voice actors in the business and how that sort of came about and whose place. I mean, he's. He started doing a show that Paul Winfield used to do, used to do, and and what those challenges were. I mean, I think all of us, you know, a lot of us, the older actors have sort of come up, but it came up through a time when, for instance, when Brother from Another Planet happened, which was another sort of big thing in my life. Mm -hmm. It was that's the late um, '80s, and it looked as if you know there was going to be a lot more so-called black film, and it came for a little while, and then it went away, which is again, what's begun to happen. You know, um, you have uh, Wakanda forever. And before that, obviously, you know, Black Panther, which actually has done some wonderful things. It opened mm -hmm. the door to um, to break a myth that's been part of this business for years, which was that Black film could not um, find any kind of foreign market. And Black Panther proved that wasn't true. Now Wakanda forever will, will be out there, <coughs> excuse me. And there'll be a whole list of other projects that will do the same, which couldn't do that before. Um, you have uh, actors of color now being cast in roles that they wouldn't have ordinarily. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, that it wouldn't have happened that way. Mm -hmm. So I think so. the big thing now is to sort of take the giant steps, which is what Tracy was talking about. Find ourselves in a position where we can green light projects so that we are not looking for another culture. And I don't mean to, say, to sound uh, cold about it, but we're not looking for another culture to produce stories that are innate to our culture. You know, if you're gonna do a story about Native Americans, you hope that the producers and the directors are all are Native Americans because they know what they're talking about. Right. Same thing is true with, with so-called black film is, is that at some point you wanna be in a position which is what Tyler Perry is trying to do um, and others by setting up situations where those kinds of dreams literally can come true. And I also wanted to add to that, that the community in which we have built, um, Rob Morgan, who is a fantastic actor, he spoke about not having a, um, an a, a PR. And he was like, God is my PR. And, you know, and it was great on set live to hear Joe like mentor him, like, I get all that. But you, this is show business. You need a PR. You need an agent. So, you know, 
to see that happen live and to have that type of communication was, I mean, it's magical. And one of our actresses who was on season one, Joe, she just got a role in a new series and she credits us for that. Well, <laughs> so, there you go. See, yeah, yeah. And see, and that's and that is what the show is about. I mean, mm -hmm. it is about, it is, <coughs> excuse me, being given permission vis-a-vis um, -vis stories of so-called veteran actors to sort of proceed in this business in a very clear way. Um, I think a lot of actors of color are uh, in somewhat intimidated by the fact that if someone sort of comes at them in a particular way, they don't necessarily know how to how to fence that, how to how to deal with that. And they've heard on this show how to do that, and they've been given an opportunity to show what talent they have. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what the show is about. Um, it's not. It's not, we're not there trying to promote somebody else's project. We're actually there trying to promote artists, artists who will always be people of color, but need to learn how to become artists. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like there's, there's really, there's mentoring going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, yeah. Tracy has her class, you know, a lot of the <laughs> actors who come on the show are from her class. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tracy, thinking about that class, I was thinking about that this morning. I mean, just what we're passing on, you know, mentoring, I just think in general in life is just so critical, but especially in, in, in whatever vocational path you're going to walk down. I mean, finding folks that have been to the mountaintop or some mountaintops, you know, that can help you along. I mean, it, it just fast forwards you as a person, as a, as a, as an artist in your case, I think it's so critical. Is that, is, I mean, is that, is that kind of what gets you up in the morning, Tracy, is just th th that opportunity you have? I feel like, yes. And inclusive mm -hmm. of that, um, to be able to, I, I come as a casting director, I get a script. There's nothing attached, no actors. I get all white pages, right? And so I get an opportunity to bring in choices for the actors, the director's vision, but also I bring in choices that maybe the director necessarily wasn't thinking about, right? So if it's a white cop, maybe we could have a female cop. And so my career has been based on journeys of actors that no one knew their name. And then all of a sudden, everybody knows their name. So I start at the beginning in believing in you. And you just need one person to believe in That's you. Right. And so my whole life has been about believing in actors and working with actors and helping them on their journey. And I feel like a proud mother every time I go to the movies or I watch TV and I see all of my friends there. And that's what it's about. And it's also about encouraging people to live their dreams because dreams do come true. You have to silence the noise. When are you going to get a job? When are you going to make it? All of that nonsense. And just stay true to the passion and the love because I can't imagine doing anything else other than this. So I love what I do. I don't go to work. I go to fun. I love it. I can tell the passion <laughs> spills out of you. I, you. You remind me of my mom. A lot, of, a lot of love. I love it. I love it. You get, yeah. I, I love that. Um, 
Well, this is, yeah, and this is really a legacy thing. I mean, this is, you know, this is going beyond when when you're, when you start to work with other other generations, like I I had a mentor one time tell me, he's like, I was like, what's it like having grandkids? He said, well, when you have, when you start having grandkids, you start to feel like you go on forever, you know, in terms Mm. of your influence. And I think that's similar with mentoring things like this, where you're investing in the next generation, where you're you're empowering, you're speaking life, you're speaking hope, you're training, you're all of a sudden you you go on a lot further than your own lifetime, you know, which is a, which is an incredible thing. And I think you realize that you are not um, one; you're not alone, and that people have come before you on whose shoulders you must stand. Yes, uh, Denzel tells a story about his early career and being presented with a project that <clears throat> he suspected was not something he wanted to do, but they were offering him a lot of money. And so he called Sidney Poitier. So that's really all I'm talking about is the fact that Denzel could actually pick up the phone and talk to Sidney and say, listen, this is what's happening. What do you think I should do? And in fact, um, I think Sidney said, I can't tell you what to do. Here's what I know. So you take that and see what you do with it, which is what we do. I can't answer questions for you, but I can tell you what I know. And then yeah. you have to take what I have given you and decide what to do with it. Oh, that's so good. What a, oh man, Sydney Portier. What, what a, <laughs> what a life there. That could be a whole program. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. You're right. Standing on shoulders. That's what we're all doing in one respect or another. And, and, uh, and battling through, I mean, here in, you know, uh, Tracy, especially earlier when you were talking about that in terms of what you were facing, kind of the uphill climb um, is something that some of, you know, some of us don't have those challenges, those particular challenges. And so to be able to, you know, for people to be able to stand on your shoulders and yours, Joe, uh, is an opportunity for them. It's exciting and wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I think and we should be clear. I mean, I think for every artist. there's a struggle it's a challenge it's not a difficult thing to be an artist i think for artists of color it's an added layer of something yet again that you have to deal with that may be an actor of your same skill level but who does not have color as uh, as an obstacle uh, does not have to deal with and i think because i think ultimately what we discover is that we are all human beings we're all the same that we actually do share a lot of um you know so two actors can play the same part um, one black and one not black, and and come at it from two different ways, and not simply because of their culture, but simply because they're two different artists. Right. Well, I, and I think what's powerful here for me is that you guys are on TV talking about it. I mean, some one of the things I think about problems is, or, or challenges or, or difficulties is it's good to talk about them. You know. Sure. I naming almost naming them. I mean, some, I'm I'm working on this. I don't know. I don't know what my emotional intelligence is, but I don't think it's very high. But I'm working on it. But I'm, I'm working on saying how I feel or or something. I'm or here's here's something that I'm you know is on. I feel like it's on my shoulders so that I'm battling against talking about it. So you guys are out there talking about it on TV with real life people that that yes. can be helped, and then mm-hmm. all the people that are watching can be helped. So I, naming talking that you know wading into it in a sense with hope you know with joy is such a wonderful thing so i kudos to you both please check it out crackle crackle tv inside the black box hosted by emmy and naacp image award winner joe morton and celebrity acting coach tracy moore uh fantastic thank you guys thanks for coming on thank Thank you you for inviting us
Yeah. And thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.